Welcome, friends and neighbors, to the Soft, Hard, and Wet F1 podcast. This is a special year-end review episode. We might split this up into a couple shows. We'll see how it goes. And uh, with me today is John White as normal, and special guest returning with us is Brady King. What's up, gentlemen? Dr. Brady King. Address the man properly, as it were. This is true. My rookie campaign went so well, just like Logan Sargent, I got brought back for part two. <laughs> John, I don't know if you feel this way. Every time I hear that intro music, I feel like it's kind of a jazzy, bluesy, Jerry was a race car driver. Do you do you hear that when you hear it too? You know, I um, I don't, but now I don't think I'm going to be able to unhear it. So <laughs> thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, when I heard it today, I'm like, man, that sounds like... Jerry was a race car driver. But anyways, I digress. Let's just dive right into it. So this is going to be our our report card for every driver, every team, including all four drivers who drove for AlphaTauri this year. And we're going to give them their grades. Their grades will be anywhere between an A plus and an F. But uh, we're going to use the GPA scale that I've come up with, which... It doesn't really matter for the listener. It'll all average out in the end. But we're going to take my grades, Brady's grades, John's grades for every driver, average them out per driver, also average them out per team. So the team gets an overall soft, hard and wet score. And then at the end of the show, we'll recap based on our grades. How did they do this season in our Constructors Championship? Have we decided on a proper prize to send those that get good grades, you know, by the time we're said and done with all this? Yes, the winning constructor of this contest gets a all-expenses-paid Valtteri Bottas 2024 calendar. Ooh, that is, that's, that's a prize. Unless it's Valtteri, then, you know. Well, make sure you give him an A. Have you seen the, not to not to just jump completely off base here, but since you brought the calendar up, have you have you seen any of that? Have you perused the photos as it were i have not okay i haven't either because I, I know it exists yeah, yeah yeah i just i feel weird looking at his his botas online it's for a good cause though john yes but i don't know what the cause is but i'm sure it's a charity of some sort i think it's no i think it's like uh men's health awareness like movember ah men's mental health men's overall health okay something or well I'll, I'll have to go online and purchase He's one. a man's man. He is a man's man. Most Finns are, you know. So, and, and this is a little bit of a uh, off topic as well, but I was thinking about this as I was putting together the GPA scale and how this was going to work out. I had this flashback to, and maybe I'm the only one, but share your experience as well. When I was in college at Western Michigan University, repping the Mid-American Conference, we had a very odd grading scale. You can either get an A, a BA, which is like they combined an A minus and a B plus. So you could get an A, a BA, a B, a CB, a C, a DC, and a D. Am I the only one? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to lie. That's confusing. I don't know what's going on up there. Did we get clever for the sake of getting clever here? We can't just have a C minus. I mean, I guess they just wanted to simplify the point scale because you you had an A was a 4.0, a BA was a 3.5, a 
Yeah, B was a three. They just they really simplified it. The check plus it is. Yeah, I mean the best way to just do it is you've got a you've got a small group of people who are trying to achieve that four for whatever reason, and then everybody else like D's get degrees, right? So does it really matter from that point forward? As Brady can attest, you know what they call the guy who finishes last in medical school? They call him doctor. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. <laughs> to be clear, for everybody that's listening, I am not a medical doctor. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, Don't ask me for a prescription. That's not going to happen. Well, I'll put my notepad okay. away then. <laughs> well, let's dive in here. We're going to start... Uh, worst to first in terms of how they finished in the Constructors' Championship points-wise. So let's start with the American team, our old friends at Haas. And let's start with Kevin Magnuson. His average qualifying position, and I'm going to give you the decimal point, his average qualifying position was 14.9. His average finishing position was 14.76. And I'm just doing races. I'm not not worrying about sprints. He had zero podiums. He had five retirements. His best finish was 10th. And he finished in the points three times. John, what's your grade for the K-Mag season of 2023? Grading was uh, grading these drivers was a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be because I was trying to apply some sort of consistency uh, and across 22 drivers and some were only in it for, you know, maybe five or six races. Some were in it for every race. It was very difficult, but on the grading scale of A to F, I did notice that there was an E in there, which is just right above F. And so K mag got an E this year for me. I don't think that he quite failed, but he didn't pass either. You think they had a, uh, little bit of a jump the gun to retain him for 2024 or do you think there was just nobody nobody else waiting in the wings I don't think there's anyone else waiting in the wings it's you know you only have a handful of drivers in the world that can do this really well you got to kind of stick with them for a little while and see what happens he's he's got enough tenure that I think he could probably bust out of this but you also have to realize the the automobile and the team he was driving for so what do you expect out of Haas um that's you're pretty much going to get it Brady, what say you about K-Mag? So this was hard for me as I was trying to do any of the grading, not just for K, uh, for, not just for Kevin. Um, I tried to weigh two options. Should we just give them grades based on their performance or should we grade them based on the team that they're driving for? So that's the because... great thing about this, Brady, is that this is your opinion and you can grade them however you want. I don't necessarily have the rubric for you to apply this to. We will tell you if you're well, wrong. I'm glad. Though. So don't worry about <laughs> fair that. point. Yeah, you. Well, I'm glad we started with Kevin in particular here, then, because driving for Haas makes me want to give him a little bit of a lenient grade. But you pointed out an interesting point with his qualifying versus his race finish. So we all know Haas tends to have a little bit of a rocket ship during qualifying, and yet Kevin only finished what was it, fourteen and a half? In qualifying and then 14 average rate for races. Was that what it was? 14.9 in qualifying, 14.76 in the race. Uh, that's just not going to get it done. Uh, so, yeah, I I also went very low here, but I gave him a little bit higher. I, I gave him a D minus. Interesting. So I looked at this and I thought, man, Nico had him just 
all season long. And here I am looking at the rest of the statistics for all these drivers, and I see that, and I know I didn't share this with you before you gave him your grade, but I see that K-Mag finished in the points three times, and Nico only finished in the points once in a real Grand Prix race. And Kevin had five retirements to Nico's two. I do feel like I need to be a little more lenient here. And although I do agree he did not pass, so it's definitely in the DEF range, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go D+. I think I'm going to go D+. D+. Based on... um qualifying based on what are, what are what's our... no no i mean he he didn't qualify well at all mm-hmm. he didn't race well at all but he had opportunities and i feel like he he was unlucky a lot he did make the most of some of those opportunities the haas is just a terrible car and i think when i when i put that up against him it's like i don't really blame him as much as i just it's a terrible car and yes nico showed that it could be better in qualifying. And let's let's just go ahead. Let's go straight to Nico. Qualifying 12.3. Race finish 14.0. So he dropped about two positions every race. No podiums, two retirements. His best finish was seventh, thanks to that disaster in Australia. And he only finished in the points once. Brady, what's your grade for Nico? I'm going to give him a little bit of a boost here because he was at least exciting. So I think I give him the D plus between the two of them. Although there's an asterisk here. He, you can't qualify as well as he did and then drop like a stone every time. So that doesn't bode well for next season, but at least it was exciting to watch. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Brady. I think that um, based on probably just points performance alone he gets a d from me obviously he it was one race essentially where he got in the points you can argue that k mag was a little bit more consistent but you know if if one of them produced three points and one produced nine just by the sheer number of points alone he's getting a d from me um and and outperforming his teammate some good points brought up there tom are you falling in this uh in this d space for him as well or or do you give him a, are you going to be a little bit more harder on him? Honestly, I am giving him a straight C. He gets a passing grade. I feel like Nico outdrove that car on most occasions. Maybe not in the race as his points finishes and <clears throat> uh, his average finishing position did not fit that. But I don't think that was him. I think that was the car. So I, I'm lenient in, in terms of both Haas drivers, but I definitely think Nico passed this year where K-Mag did not. And so if K-Mag gets a, a, a D plus, I feel, feel comfortable giving Nico a C. So that's how Haas shakes out. And let's move on to Alfa Romeo. They finished ninth in the Constructors' Championship. Zhou Guanyu, average qualifying position, 156 Average finish position, 14th, no podiums, three retirements. His best finish was P9, and he had three points finishes. Brady? So, Alfa Romeo, <laughs> I don't know how to give these guys a grade, uh, because I don't feel like I watched them this season. Did, were they on, did they get any coverage? I, we can I, give them a base on points, but 
Yeah, I don't feel like they got a lot of broadcast time. Not I don't a lot feel of like I observed time. them. I, I think they were just uh, like, oh yeah, they, they were there. All right, yeah, all right, not bad. But looking at the the performance, particular here, uh, he's got to get an F. It's terrible. It's harsh. I, I understand it, and and it's interesting to me that you grade him lower than both Haas drivers. But I think you're giving some benefit to the fact that Haas, the Haas car was just so terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, not to spoil too much to when we get to Valtteri here, but at least Alpha, the car had some pace in it and he didn't perform to his teammate. So comparing those two, he's going to get a little bit harder knock here. Well, my, my grade for, for Zhou Guanyu was an E plus. So definitely a failing grade. I gave him a little bit better than an F. I, it wasn't quite an E or an F. I, I gave him some benefit of the doubt, and that was because he had a couple of weekends where he just had really strong qualifying. Um, and even sometimes during the race, he was up there like competing. And I can't remember exactly the race, but he was late in a race at like P4, P5. And I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. And then nothing happened. So I'm going to give him a little benefit of the doubt there, and I'm going to give him an E+. Plus. John, what about you? In an E, I think is probably the fairest grade for him. It to Brady's point, it was very difficult on some of these drivers to to give them a grade because we hadn't seen much. Um, there wasn't a lot to go back and review. And so the best that I could do in situations like this was compare them to their teammate and say which one of them did better, um, not just in points, but just more consistent throughout the year and base a grade off of that. But an E is about as good as uh as Mr. Joe's getting from us. And so in, in Valtteri's case, I was reasonably pleased with Valtteri. I think he did slightly worse than Nico this year. I do think Valtteri gets a passing grade. It was questionable in the beginning of the season, but I feel like when you look at the entire body of work, Valtteri was better. He had an average qualifying position of 13.6, an average finishing position of 13.6. No podiums three retirements, his best finish was eighth, and his points finishes, he had four of them. And so when I look at that, and comparing that with the two Haas drivers that I gave pretty poor grades to, I think that, I think that Valtteri gets a little bit better. And, and I gave him a C-. minus. Brady? Yeah, I was going to give him a C. I think that he showed... Uh, also with a terrible car that he's got some pace there. Uh, you gave some points finishes. Uh, at least you got some coverage. You were exciting here and there every now and then you showed up. So yeah, if I'm going to give the, if I'm gonna give the Haas drivers D's, I think he needs to at least be a C minus, but I'll give him a C. I think here, John, what about you? A C is a C is very fair for him. We know the quality, um, driver that Botas is. We, you know, we saw him driving for Merck, so we know how well he can do in the right machine. Obviously, you know, Alfa Romeo didn't put something out there that that allowed him to be consistent throughout the year. But a C is good. He passed. That's about as good as you can get from him. Now things get interesting. We're going to move on to Alfa Tari. And if you don't remember, they had four drivers this year. Let's start with the one who started the season. And that would be Nick DeVries. His average qualifying position was 16.6, which is second worst and his average finishing position was 15.9, which, out of all drivers, was worst. No podiums, 
two retirements. His best finish was P12. Obviously, no points. He gets a big, fat F from me. An F is about all you can give. In 10 races to score, no points. He's, he, yeah, I mean, good, good on him for going back to, what did he say? He's uh, leaving F1 and going to Harvard or something. I mean, maybe he's going to be a doctor too, just like Brady one day, but he's definitely not a Formula <laughs> One driver. So an F for sure, I think is about as good as it gets. There was considerable hype for him too. I remember when he stepped into the car last year uh, for Albon, when Alex had his uh, appendicitis or whatever it was, and he jumped in and he scored points in that Williams and Monza last year. We're all like, oh, dude, Nick DeVries. And uh, AlphaTari were drinking the Kool-Aid, and then you bring him in for a first half of the season, and it's just woeful. I mean, he was he was just bad. He was very slow, and he was crashing regularly. And when you combine those two things together, especially as a, a Red Bull family driver, you're not going to last long. But Brady, what was your grade? I, I apologize for No, he gets an F from me also. Uh, but I'll take the moment to say that I feel a little bad for him. Um, after last year, that little bit of hype that he had uh, and how long he waited to get his seat, I wanted him to succeed. I wanted him to at least have a, a couple of years there. And the fact that we couldn't even get one season with him, I, I do feel a little rough for for that. But it's a cutthroat business, and he didn't prove himself this year. and it's unfortunate it is what it is, but yeah, you get enough. John, this one's to you. Danny Rick, average qualifying position of 13.7, average finish 12.7. So he moved up a place every race, which is, that's solid. Zero podiums, zero retirements. His best finish was P7 and had one finish in the points, and it was that P7. It's seven races. Um and still overall finishing, what, 17th, six points. I, Danny gets a C-plus from me. He was out due to injury, came back in. He performed in the way that you would kind of want him to perform, although you know the, the majority of the points, or all the points that he got was was from, from one race. But I thought Danny was consistent. It was good to see him back driving again, C-plus. Brady? I'm going to reach into my bag of doctor tricks here, and I'm going to give him an incomplete. Thank you for participating. Please come back next season. <laughs> I love you. Seven races isn't enough. I want to see what he actually has here. Um, what's interesting, I think, for, for Danny, uh, just to point out, is that he was showing some fast pace in that car, which was an absolute dog at the beginning of the season. Now, is that because the car is really bad or because Nick was so bad? I don't know. But I'm excited for next year. But let's see where that goes. I'm going to call you out on this because... Seven races is still a third of a season, and you had no problems after 10 races giving Nick DeVries a complete and utter F. These are but facts. somehow seven okay. races right, isn't so enough of a his, sample size. So based on his seven races, uh, let's see. What did I give Valtteri? I gave him a C plus. Uh, then I'd give Danny a C plus also. You gave Valtteri a C. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Then I will, go one, I will give him a one step higher. I'll give him a C plus. I'll allow it. I'm going to give him a C. I'm going to give him a C. It's just going to be a straight passing C. It's like uh, when you, you know, at school, uh, it reminds me of the story of uh, the machine when Mr. Burt Kreiser, when he shows up to the wrong class and she's like, listen, if you just come here to class, 
you don't have to take the test or do anything. Just show up and I'll give you a C. That was Danny. It was like, <laughs> if you just show up and finish the races, you're going to get a C from me, Danny. Just do that. Mm-hmm. Just flash your smile and I'll give him an extra, uh, you know, half a half a grade. Show up and smile and you'll get a C. Wear a cowboy hat. Shave your mustache. Hold <laughs> for Coda. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> All right. Liam Lawson. I know another small sample size. Average qualifying 13.8. Average finish 12.2. No podiums, no retirements. His best finish P9. One points finish. With only uh, with only five races, can we even do we do we give him an? No, we don't do that. We don't do incompletes around here. No, <laughs> I tried. John, what do you give him? E, an E, an E plus. I mean, he scored two points in five you races. Want an E or an E plus? Those are two separate scores. I know they are. Let's go. I mean, both of them are failing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Do you want to fail? Softer or harder or wetter? We'll let him fail. I, wanna, I definitely want to fail wetter. All right, let him fail wetter. He gets an E plus. I'm I'm going to disagree pretty handily here. I think he gets a passing grade, and in order to get a passing grade, you got to be in the C range, and it might be a C or a C minus, but he passed his test from my perspective. I'm going to give him a C minus. I'm going to give him a C. Uh, I'm actually going to go a little bit higher. I thought it was a little sketchy to start, but he showed a little bit of promise, and I think he's earned himself a spot at some point. So if you've earned yourself a spot in a future season, I don't think you can be considered a failure. So I I have to give him at least a C here. John, are we talking you into changing your grade? You're shaking your head. I am shaking my head uh, for those watching live with us, um, (laughs) which is just us three. (laughs) No, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay where I'm at with this because I'm not letting you guys change ruling my with mind. an iron fist. I'm not letting you change my mind. Not on this one. There, there are some other ones, but not on this. So one. So heavy-handed. Yeah, I'm a tough teacher. All right. Well, well then let let's let Brady go first with Yuki. Yuki had the average qualifying position of 13.8, same as Liam Lawson, almost exactly the same as Daniel Ricardo. Average finish of 12.7. Same as Danny Rick. No podiums. Three retirements. Best finish was eighth. But, and here's the kicker, six races, Yuki finished in the points. This is the hardest one here for me. I was so tempted when I before I looked at the actual numbers to give him like a B minus. I actually thought that he had like a tale of two seasons, really. The beginning of the season was eh. The second part of the season was a lot better. And if you look back to his previous seasons where he spins out crashes all the time, I thought that you could really look at this season as a step forward. You could actually see him finding his way into one of the top teams. Then I looked at the numbers and that's really hard. So I I don't think I can give him a B. I think I'm going to give him a C plus, but I I think it's borderline. I think he actually impressed a little bit. I will go one step higher and give him a B minus. I think he did very well this year, especially when, to your point, when you compare previous seasons of Yuki Tsunoda and also compare him to his teammates and the car they were driving, I feel like he definitely surpassed expectations. And I'm, I'm going to go into the B range. He's my first driver that goes into the B range, and I'm going to give him a B minus. 
I agree with you, Tom. A B minus is what I have down for Yuki. Scoring in six races in the AlphaTauri, um, also providing endless amounts of entertainment and F-bombs being dropped with how angry he gets. B minus for him. He he did everything that he was expected to do and more. All right. We are moving on to the Williams. Logan Sargent. Average qualifying position, 16.8, which, you guessed it, worst on the grid. Even worse than Nick DeVries. Average finishing position, 15.8. Second worst to Nick DeVries. And let me just put this in perspective. Nick DeVries' average finish was 15.9. Logan Sargent, 15.8. The next closest is Kevin Magnuson at 14.7 in terms of their average finishing position. So Kevin Magnuson, his average finish position was a full position higher than Logan Sargent. And I'm not saying this because I'm trying to skew your opinion on Logan Sargent. He's a rookie. There's a lot of things at at stake here. I'm just sharing some facts about these statistics. Logie started 16.8, average finish 15.8, zero podiums, seven retirements, best finish P10 in Coda, one point finish. John, we're going to go to you first. I really wanted to get a little bit more support behind Logan for this um, after your glowing review that you just gave him. But I, you know, whenever I was looking at Logan, there were two things that I looked at. First was where did he score or place in relation to his teammate? And the second one was how did he perform in relation to the other rookies? And he has a big fat F he, there was a lot of hype and especially after Coda breaking, you know, what was it? The first, you know, points finish for an American driver since 2000 and whatever, 13 or 15, something crazy like that, whatever it was. But you want to get behind him and you want to support him, but he just doesn't have what it takes. I am going to give him, oh gosh, this is tough. I actually want to give him a better grade. I I still think he failed. I don't want to give him a passing grade. He is a rookie. Oh gosh, this is difficult. Why do you want to give him a better grade? Let's start there. It's pity, and I shouldn't grade on pity. You no. you make a good point. It, it, honestly, the, the only reason that I want to give him a, a little bit better of a grade is because I know this grade that I give him will inadvertently affect Alex Albon and the overall Williams team grade. And I really feel like Williams did a strong 2023. And so I'm going to give Logan... An E, not an F. Hmm. Brady, are you going to shed some light on this and put Logan back where he needs to be? <laughs> so I'm just like Tom. I feel like I want to give him a better grade, and I'm not even really sure why. I'm glad that uh, the grades that we're giving here... Well, you know what? Let's not say this. The grades that we're giving here are going to affect all the drivers. Uh, if we give him an E, he's instantly fired tomorrow, right? So <laughs> all the pressure's on me. <laughs> uh, no, his performance, he's get, definitely getting a failing grade. I don't know if I can give him an F only because somebody must have seen something somewhere, and I'll have to trust them that they gave him another contract for next year. So I'm going to give him an E-. minus. Extremely generous from both 
Brady and I <laughs> to, not, to give him one step higher than enough. Very All right. generous. He'll Very sleep generous. better tonight knowing yeah. that he got well, an E minus. <laughs> so so here here's where things start to get interesting and a little bit fun. Um because we're rounding out, well, one, two, this is this is the fourth team we're doing. But now we start stepping into territory where drivers are more consistently performing. They're also expected to perform more here. So this is going to be harder, right? That's true. expectations. And I don't want to make that part of my grade, but we know it that's going to come into play. Absolutely, it should be. So Alex Albon, or Alexander Albon, as he would like to be called, his average qualifying position was 12th. Now, I will remind you, Nico Hulkenberg's average qualifying position was 12.3. These are the two who are most closely related until we take another step up in drivers. So Albon's qualifying position is 12th. Average finish position is 12.5, so slightly worse. No podiums. Four retirements. His best finish was P7, which is the same as Danny Rick and Nico Hulkenberg. But seven points finishes. So in my opinion, I'm going to go first on this one. He's really close in, when I look at these particular statistics, he is really close to the season that Yuki Sonoda had. And I gave Yuki a B minus. And I think, and I'm looking at these trying to think, like, is it enough to justify giving more of a grade to Alex Albon? And ultimately, because of some of the performances he had on track, I'm going to say yes. He gets a B plus from me. He had a fantastic season especially given where he was previously as a driver, where that car was previously. And I just, he outdrove the car, basically week in and week out. So I'm going to give him a B plus. Brady? Yeah, I struggle here between a B and a B plus. I don't think there's a huge step between the two. So I, I think I'll go with a B plus also. Uh, he, he drove the car better than the car really was. Uh, we kind of said the same thing about Yuki. He's exciting, uh, so there's a little bit of an excitement factor, which maybe is going to give him that little bit of a boost. But there were times late in the season where I thought he was actually fighting for a podium. Like, he was he was right on the cusp, and that's saying a lot for a Williams car that just a couple years ago might as well not even have been on the grid. John? I like how we're consistent in some drivers, and in some we're a little bit off on. But this is uh this is another area where I think we'll find consistency. He's he gets a B for me with twenty seven points for the season ranked. Uh, what did he finish thirteenth? I thought Alex did a, a fantastic job of carrying the team. You know Williams had a couple of good qualifying opportunities, but when you put him out there against the Ferraris, the McLarens, you know everybody that we're about to go in and start really ranking. As far as a middle-of-the-pack driver, he's probably the top one. Well, let's move on to Alpine. Let's go with Ocon first, or Ocon. I should pronounce his name right, damn it. Average qualifying position, 11.3. Average finish position, 12.7. One podium. Seven retirements. His best finish was that podium, P3. 12 races. Akon finished in the points. John? I went back and forth on this because I feel like when we're grading 
given their, their just how close they are in proximity of, of points and, and total overall rank between Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly, um, you kind of have to look at them together. I mean, they're only a few points apart and it's a, it's a D for me. I would, I would expect more, but I, you know, when, when you're talking about grading, it's not just the test scores that are turned in, but it's, and it's for both these drivers, really. How well do you play with your teammates? Do you treat people with respect? Are you a team player? Um, both of these drivers, and not to get ahead of ourselves in this, but both of them did a terrible job of being teammates to one another this year. And I think a lot of that came down from just the lack of leadership from, um, you know, you know, you know, from, from the garage and giving clear direction. To- no, I don't know. Can you tell me? Yes, I will tell you. You know? You know. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off there. That's okay. That's okay. You know, there 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 just wasn't a lot of direction. There wasn't a lot of leadership from um from anyone out there. It's a D for me. There there's there's not much more that you could give these guys. They scored well, 62 points and 58 points between the two, 11 and 12 from a ranking standpoint, but I just don't like them. I just don't like them and so they're getting knocked down a peg. Well, you're allowed to not like them on this podcast. You're allowed to have your own opinion. And you know what, John? I celebrate your opinion. I I do think Akon passed this year. I don't necessarily want to give him a failing grade. So I'm going to give him a C minus, which is the lowest possible passing grade. But you're you're kind of making me feel like you're convincing me the other way because he did not have a good season overall and he felt it was opportunistic. And what I mean by that, you know, you talk about test scores don't, aren't everything to me. If I were his uh, teacher grading papers, you got to show your work. And when I look at how he got to where he wound up, yeah, the, the retirement sucked, but I don't really feel like he earned a whole lot of anything this year. It's like you, you turned in your homework and the answers were right. But I don't see your work. I started by saying I'm going to give him a passing grade, but you've convinced me to give him a D plus, just to be different from you. I'll accept it. Brady. Esteban's interesting because he had some pressure, I think, at the beginning of the season. Him and Pierre both. The the storyline was these guys need to get along, and they didn't. So that's going to be a knock against them that they had high expectations. They knew what they needed to do, and he didn't do it. On the other hand, you got a fair number of points finishes. Uh, that's good. But staying with the school sort of theme here, how do you give someone a grade when if they turned in 15 assignments and they were A's or, or B's, whatever you want to say, and then the other ones they didn't turn in at all? He had seven retirements. I don't think they had a whole lot of high expectations necessarily for the car, but just based on the number of retirements alone and not being a great teammate, Johnny, you put a good point. It just the, the infighting alone, uh, I got to give him a D. I don't have a problem with it. I feel like we're grading these drivers and these teams based on not just our expectations for them, but their own expectations of themselves. And I think, I, I don't think Alcon would be arguing with us terribly about the, the result of this season. Isn't that his MO? He argues with everything, right? He's a bit of a whiner. (laughs)
He's cut from the Wasn't same... Wasn't it a couple years ago? I mean, yeah, I think it was a couple years ago where... Uh, didn't he and Max get into a little scuffle in the garage where like Max shoved him after a race? Yeah, because he cut Max off or something like that, and Max ended up wrecking out whenever he was getting lapped or something crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I need to go back and find that clip on YouTube or Drive to Survive because I just I remember Alcon's face after that happened. Like, whoa, this just happened. He pushed me in the garage, and I just remember finding that so stupid and funny. I'm gonna go find that on YouTube and watch it as I fall asleep tonight, just over and over <laughs> again on repeat. All right, let's let's talk Gasly. His average qualifying position was 11.1. His average finish was 10.6. So he was moving up in races while Alcon was moving down. Gasly had a podium as well, three retirements, best finish of P3, but only 11 points finishes to Alcon's 12. And Brady, let's start with you first. A plus. <laughs> no bias whatsoever. I was I was no waiting bias. to see how you would <laughs> handle the grading here for him since he's your boy. Had an amazing season. Yes. Yeah, what an am- yeah. Uh okay, no, real talk. Um I don't think he deserves. That's what a we specialize grade. in here. Yeah, it's real, real talk. talk. I don't think he deserves a failing grade. I this may be the bias speaking. Hundred percent is the bias speaking. I don't think he was quite as much of the whiner and fighter that Ocon was. So I don't want to give him so much of a knock. How many how many DNFs did he have? Did you say three? Okay, so I also can't knock him nearly as much as Ocon for not turning in his work. But uh, it is. It does feel like a step back, which is weird considering that he stepped up in cars from Alpha Tori to an Alpine. Even if Alpine is, they were a bit of a pig this year. I, I'm going to give him a C plus. I don't hate that. I, I think you're well within your rights to give him a C plus. I'm going to give him a straight C. And I think he was just, he, was, he just wound up being average. There were times where he did better and was, was above average. And there were times where he was below average. And on some of those below average times, I do think he was screwed by strategy. They just have horrible team organization and leadership there. So I I can't fault him personally for that. But he, in many instances, was the victim of some of those blunders. And therefore, it, it's going to affect his grade. So I'm going to give him a straight C. John? I know that you're not trying to change my decision because you don't know what it is yet. But I have him down for a D plus. But I think that you guys are both making a case for him receiving a passing grade, and for that I will I'll bump him up to a C minus. Interesting. Can we talk for a second about Alpine in general? I'll allow it. Let me set a timer. You get one minute to talk about Alpine. I'd like to know what you guys think that they get a grade because. There are some other teams here I think we can give fair grades to just based on the performance out there. But what were your expectations for Alpine, like realistic expectations before the season? I expected them to finish in the lower half of the pack. Probably, you know, for looking at 10 teams, I, I, I expected them to be somewhere between seven and nine. And, Interesting. And they finished six. I look at them at, at the beginning of the year. And I knew that they were in that discussion for who could finish fourth because nobody really knew what McLaren had. Nobody expected what Aston Martin had. And they weren't going to touch Ferrari, Mercedes, or Red Bull. And so I look at it like 
they could have been fighting for fourth at the beginning of the season. They had the potential to be fighting for fourth, but they did a lot of things to stand in their own way. They did not execute how other teams did. They did not upgrade their car throughout the season as well as other teams did. And they just had a lot of dissension in the ranks. They had dissension from leadership all the way down to the, to the drivers. And that's not a recipe for success. You're right. I, I thought that they were going to finish maybe dead smack in the middle or maybe even on the lower end, but I expected them to have some fight and they just didn't. It was really disappointing. And again, bias here that Pierre is my guy. I, I just, what a disappointing season from them. Not to, they weren't even really on camera. It's, it's just disappointing. That's not true though, Brady, because they had plenty of fight. It was just with each other. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk later on about uh, the, the Australian race. <laughs> there was, there was a lot of fight in them. It was just between the two of them. They didn't know that there were, you know, 18 other drivers out there. Well, that's the first half of the grid. Those are our first five teams as we've gone through giving our grades for the 2023 season. And we're not going to finish as an incomplete. We're going to go ahead and, and do the rest of these five teams who are remaining. But we'll do that in the next episode. So until then, thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you next time.